Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. So Jameis Winston addressed his teammates the night before the Bucks' final preseason game. We'll tell you what he said, and you'll hear Jameis talk about what he's going to miss the most during his suspension. And the Bucks wrapped up the preseason with a 25-10 loss to the Jaguars as starters from both teams sat out. One guy who didn't sit out was Noah Spence, who played the entire second half. What does that mean for the former second-round pick? And how did Jim Hickey describe this year's Rays season? Mark Tompkin caught up with him in Atlanta as the Cubs were visiting the Braves. You won't believe what he had to say about the Rays. All this and more on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Bursnick. Before we get started, I have a fantastic offer and exciting news from Continental Wholesale Diamonds that will make your jewelry selection experience unforgettable. Now, this is only for our listeners here on Sports Day Tampa Bay. Continental Wholesale Diamonds is sending you and that special person to a Caribbean cruise for five days and four nights. That's right, on us. Only with a minimum purchase of just $2,000. Now, here's what you can do. You can choose the cruise line and you can choose the destination through the Caribbean you want to explore. All you have to do is go see our friend Andy. He's going to be offering you wholesale pricing and quality that you deserve with your jewelry selection. Now, you know that you are going to have the very best when you're purchasing from Continental Wholesale Diamonds. So call Andy today at 813-282-7375. And remember, tell Andy that you heard it from Rick and Steve on Sports Day Tampa Bay. That's Continental Wholesale Diamonds. It's where I shop. They're at 1715 Northwest Shore Boulevard, Suite 150, right next to the Penthouse Club. So thank goodness the preseason is over. It's way too long, and this fourth preseason game is is sort of somewhat meaningless unless you're a guy that has to play. There's probably about four or five spots up for grabs. But Dirk Cutter said he loves preseason games because he goes home and <laughs> sleeps well after them. Yeah, he sleeps well because they don't count. <laughs> and he doesn't have to worry about getting drilled the Makes next day. Makes a bad day, play like, call, he can go home and sleep fine. That's right. Yeah, he loves it. You know who doesn't love it? Writers. People that get home at 2 o'clock in the morning and do podcasts do not love it. Uh, trust me on that one. Uh, this was like one of the first nights, I think, that uh, the people who cleaned the press box were actually waiting for me so they could go home. <laughs> wow. That's how, that's how bad it was. Um, but anyway, that's neither here nor there. No one cares. But, um, you know, it, it, was, it, was, uh, it was a game where you, you look to see who's playing from this standpoint that you're going to have a lot of rookies playing because they need the experience and, and, you know, many of them are going to make the team. But they do play in this final game. And then um, if you see veterans out there, like especially late in the game, <laughs> it's probably not a great thing. Probably means they're at least on the bubble or worse. You're referring to we'll one talk- defensive lineman? I am. Noah Spence. We'll talk about him in, in just a minute. Uh, Noah playing the entire second half, and he was fine with it. Um, and I had a chance to talk to Noah about that as well. But let's uh, let's first of all discuss uh, the game again wasn't the important thing. But, but among the people on the sidelines, and for the last time for a while, was Jameis Winston, who was there, I guess, you know, lending whatever moral support he could give 
Ryan Griffin and Austin Allen. Um, but, you know, what we learned after the game, of course, we had a chance to talk to Jameis. We're going to play that interview for you here in just a second. But what we learned was that Jameis on Wednesday night, the night before the game in the team hotel, uh, in, in the team meeting room, got up there and addressed his, his teammates again. Now, he had done this, you know, when he started training camp. He had talked to them about his mistake, and um, there, was some, there was some, you know, repetitiveness, I think, to the whole thing. Uh, but the rubber met the road when you really think about it on Thursday night. Now, you know, officially his suspension begins on Saturday when they cut the roster down to 53 players by 4 o'clock. Uh, but since the players are off today and tomorrow – it really began right after the game. And and I'm sure he thought about it the night before when he faced his teams. And, you know, once again, he apologized. You know, he owned his mistake. But, and, you know, now everything matters. You know, now everything counts. Uh, and, and I'm sure in talking to some of his teammates, you know, he was emotional addressing them. Um, and, you know, I mean, basically all he could do is promise that, he's going to stay ready, you know, and that he's going to work really hard. And I believe that he's look, Jameis Winston has never had trouble working on football, working at football, working, you know, at being a better teammate, all those things. Um, and he, he has improved, I think every year. And this was by almost any account, uh, the best preseason that, that he, he's ever had. I mean, he was, he was spectacular in this preseason. If you really think about it. He completed like 70% of his passes, 300 and, I don't know, something yards, uh, three touchdowns, no interceptions, did not turn the ball over, albeit the, the dicey decision he made on a touchdown pass in Tennessee. Um, but if you watched him move, if you watched him reset his feet, if you watched uh, how he kept two hands on the ball when he was outside the pocket, I mean, fundamentally he did everything right. And he threw the ball as well as anyone's ever seen him since he's been in Tampa. I mean, even with the shoulder injury last year, he's come back, and Dirk Cutter says he's got accuracy, velocity in the ball, nose is pointed down. I mean, the whole, the whole deal. So against that backdrop, of course, he doesn't play in the final preseason game. Um, but as he dressed, you could see it was, in my mind, you could see with the, you know it was starting to become very real for him that. He was going to walk out of Raymond James Stadium for the last time and wasn't going to come back to his team for what's going to amount to a month because, you know, there's a whole week before they play their first game. Uh, and then he really can't come back in the building because they have a Monday night game against Pittsburgh. So he won't be back until the Tuesday before they go to Chicago and he's eligible to play in the September 30th game at Chicago. That's a long time. We're not to September yet. September is Saturday. He will be playing on the last day of September. So that's a long time. You're talking about, you know, 30-something days that he's not going to be part of this football team. He's going to, you know, according to him, he's going to stick around Tampa, um, probably bring people in. I mean, remember now he has a fiancé and a little boy, an infant son to take care of. So maybe a little harder for him to go out of town as much. Um, but, you know, this this sucks for the Bucks and for their fans. I mean – there's no other way to say it. Um, you know, we we can sit here and talk about, you know, the weapons they have. And, and to a man, they all thought they had a really good preseason because they executed very, very well at a high level. I mean, all three quarterbacks were terrific. Ryan Griffin, you know, no matter who he played against, second, third teamers, albeit, you know, that that's the case. Although he did 
drive for a touchdown against the Lions starter a week ago. But um, they all played terrific. You know, I think Griffin was way up there among preseason quarterbacks, and um, none of them turned the ball over, not even once of those top three guys. So it was a, a pretty impressive performance. And, and yet, with all this execution and with all the promise of the defense and all the things that they have going for them, the fact remains is starting Sunday next week, not this Sunday, but the week, a week from Sunday on September 9th, it don't matter. Jameis is gone. And they got to find a way to keep themselves afloat. And it's not going to be easy. And Jameis, I think, knows this. And you won't get a player to tell you that, you know, they're in trouble. Um, but they know what's walked out of that building. And, and you know, he'll be back. But what kind of record, what kind of team will they – where will the season be, Steve, by the time he comes back, you know, to the building? And, and we're just assuming he's going to play great when he does. Well, you're assuming that it's true, and and you know based on the preseason. But having a month off in between, you know, over a mm-hmm. month from the time you've you know taken a snap in a game to yeah. taking another snap in a game, it'll be more than a month. Although you'll have that week of practice and that, it'll be interesting. You know who he brings in and how much we learn about what he does for the next three to four weeks when he's yeah. off. But I think yeah, the bigger question is is you know he's obviously their best chance to win at quarterback. Oh, yeah. Ryan Fitzpatrick's a, a veteran who has won some games in the past. Is Can they piece together a win or two of these three games? Now, New Orleans struggled last year at the beginning of the season. Are they going to do that again this year? Uh, right. Philadelphia, we don't know who's going to be a quarterback at this point. Uh, it looks like it's going to be Foles to me. I mean, I've, I've, like heard, I've heard week three, you know, with Carson Wentz. Mm-hmm. And, look, Foles has not played good in the preseason. The no, Eagles exactly. have not played well in the preseason. And it's a different team. The thing that people and, – and, again, I'm not – you make great points about, about who they're playing. I mean, on paper, right, you never play the season on paper. Mm-hmm. But they are three division champions and a Super Bowl champion, and one of those games is on the road. So that's daunting. However, we always know that, you know, every year is different. And so the Super Bowl team is not coming to Tampa. Mm-hmm. It's a different team. That's correct. Um, you know, a couple so, of those players are on the, the Bucks team. And Mitch on Ryan, right. Benny Curry, and – Right. Uh, well, Unrun was with Chicago, but Curry or, 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 uh, and uh, Bo Allen. Bo, Bo Allen. Allen. I'm sorry. Yeah. Wrong, wrong, wrong defensive line. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, I don't know where Mitch is because he's had a concussion the whole <laughs> yeah. training camp. He he may end up someplace else. But, yep. yeah, and, but and, those two – yeah, they, they took those two guys. Yeah, and even the Steelers. I mean, it's the Steelers and, and they're good and, and, you know, Ben Roethlisberger and all that. But it's going to be a Monday night in Tampa. Tony mm-hmm. Dungy's going to go in the, the ring of honor that night. The emotions are going to be yeah. high. And, you know, football – you know, a lot of it's emotion and momentum in football. That's true. I mean, you just don't know how the first three games are going to play out. Your hope is is that Ryan Fitzpatrick, with all the weapons they have around them, just keeps mm-hmm. you in the – doesn't make the mistakes to beat you. And, and, right. And I think the biggest part of that is going to be how the offensive line does in front of them. That's still the biggest question mark on this team. I think you're right. I think you're right. And we don't know as we sit here whether, you know, Donovan Smith's going to be eligible to play or not. I mean, he's got a knee sprain. They said at the time when he did it, it could be anywhere from two to four weeks. Well, two weeks puts him in the opener. Four weeks means that he misses the first two games. So we still don't know. And and I'm with you. I think their offensive line, you know, because guys have been in and out of that lineup, hasn't shown a lot of continuity. And frankly, you know, other than Peyton Barber, who, I mean, Peyton Barber had a great, you know, training camp in preseason. And in three games he played, albeit briefly, he averaged five 
0.8 yards per carry. I mean, he was great. Two touchdowns. Ronald Jones, God love him, the poor guy. I'm telling you, everybody's like, what the hell's wrong with Ronald Jones? He hasn't had a good look at a run since he scored a touchdown in Miami. Well, Dirk um, Cutter mentioned that tonight in the post game. of, oh. you know, look, when, when, when running plays don't work, it's usually not one guy that caused it. Right. It's, you know, it's, it, he goes, we haven't blocked well for Ronald Jones. No. And he wasn't able to break them on his own. But, it, and, you know, he says he sees it in practice. They just haven't transitioned to the game at this point. Yeah, so I'm not as worried. I mean, a lot of people are like, "Wow, that's going to be a bust." You know, I, I don't, I don't see it that way. I think oh, I don't will be think clean. anyone in your rookie year you can say a bust, but a healthy running game would really help Ryan Fitzpatrick in those first three games. He's got to have it. He's got to have it. And the thing is, it'll be. I'm convinced of this. And, and if anybody plays a different, you know, a different defense, I'll be shocked. But. I think they're going to walk people up to the line of scrimmage and say, throw it over our heads. And I think they're going to play man coverage all over the place mm-hmm. and and give him tight windows and, you know, make receivers go up against their DBs and single high safety, whatever. I mean, that's what I would do. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd, I'd make them play in a phone booth and and keep everything, you know, right there and get him in third and eight because I know this. You know, if he has to throw with, with a ton of pressure, no quarterback's very good. And with his arm, which is, is adequate but not very strong in terms of getting the ball down the field, um, he can still do it. But, I mean, I consistently, you know, I mean, those are low percentage throws to begin with. So, you know, Ryan's going to have to beat people with his head. He's going to have to get them in the right plays. Um, by the way, how about this tonight? And I, I am stunned by this, to be honest with you, and I don't – Maybe it's gamesmanship, although I can't figure out. Like maybe I don't. Maybe they think the Saints are going to be studying Todd Munkin and how he calls plays. But after the game, Dirk Cutter was asked if mm-hmm. he's going to take back the play calling. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it works out. I mean, we're gonna we're gonna run the same offense that we always run. It's the Tampa Bay offense, and you know we'll see. We're gonna do what we think gives us the best chance to win. Wow, where'd that come from? Because I can specifically remember writing a story that I got a little bit chewed out about about stirring up the pot. I think he just stirred his own pot. Did he not? I think if you're saying that in a post-game press conference, you're probably making the switch. I mean, what what would be the purpose of not just if you're going to take it? Like if you were going to now maybe that let's say that that's a meeting they haven't had yet or let's say that he's 95% sure he's going to call it, but because you don't want to be a liar um, you're just not prepared to really make a statement. I mean, is there a chance that it's not as up in the air as he just made it seem? Well, to me, what that means is for sure that they've had the conversation of making the switch, and, and sure. may, maybe that maybe Jason Light and Dirk Cutter and the, and Todd Monken are going to sit down and discuss it. Maybe the owners want him to do or, it, or possibly, yeah, possibly ownership is saying, "Hey, uh, it's worked well in the preseason." Except for tonight, they scored twelve points. Well, uh, but it's all your backups. I mean, I, I think tonight ten points. Yeah, tonight. Yeah. No, they know. they had them ten to three in the first half. Yeah. I mean, that's basically even if you count that these are backups, the 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 Bucks backups really beat the second teamers. You know, for the Jaguars tonight, ten to three, and then then it was all over after that. But but yeah, that was that was kind of a shocker. Um, so anyway, you know, Fitz has a has a long way to go um, trying to to navigate this and I'll tell you man you know Jameis I mean you don't want to make him a sympathetic figure ever uh, especially I mean look this is you know they took a chance on him as an organization uh, 
They drafted him number one overall. He had lots of off-field issues coming out of Florida State, including a rape allegation. And and now it is you know now it has really come to bite them. And we're going to find out if they can stay afloat. But I was asked uh, this question. I think Martin Fenley had asked me our columnist today. Can you remember anything like this similar happening with a player? You know, certainly not a quarterback, but a player that you know was going to put them behind the eight ball like this and. I really can't. I think the closest suspension I remember that was impactful was a keep to leave, you know, mm-hmm. uh, for Adderall or something like that. Um, and they weren't going to have a very good season that year anyway and didn't. But, you know, you just don't have quarterbacks. I mean, Tom Brady, of course, with, you know, Deflategate. Um, but this is rare. And th- there was a lot of, you know, back and forth about that whole thing too. But, um, this is not Tom Brady. This is Jameis Winston, and he's still a young quarterback, and he's still he's going to have a tough time because you know I, he'll work and you know, he'll get there'll be look there's going to be how many players cut in the next few days? There'll be lots of people he can throw to, you know, including people on this team. Um, that's a lot of receivers, and some of them will get picked up. But you know, I mean, Bobo Wilson went out there and balled. Bernard Reedy went out there and balled. Um, you know, Justin Watson, I think, is going to make this team as a rookie. I'd be surprised if he got cut. So there's going to be plenty of receivers looking to stay in shape and if they're not signed back to the practice squad. But that's the problem. He cannot have contact. Now, it's a little bit of a gray area with respect to teammates, but obviously if somebody's on the team, they're going to have practice and they're not going to be helping Jameis. But, um, you know, there, there's he knows plenty, plenty of players that he can throw to, but they're not. Mike Evans it's not Deshaun Jackson it's not the guy Adam Humphreys it's not the guys he's going to have to throw to when he comes back in four weeks so you know the, the it's impatience not, but he wasn't throwing a lot to those guys in the preseason either he was throwing to the second and third nope. teamers and making those guys better and I and that was what was so impressive so yeah so in some ways you're right you raise a good point in some ways Steve when he gets back to throwing to the number one players uh that should presumably make him better because you know, they're better route runners, they're better receivers. And so um, he should be able to throw them open easier. But um, this was a hell of a thing, uh, you know, kind of watching him. And I'll give the Bucks, I'll give the Bucks credit because a lot of times, I don't know, my, I don't know what my expectation was going into tonight. I, I hoped he would say something, uh, that he would talk before he walked out the door, literally. Um, but I'll give the Bucks credit for telling him, hey, we're going to make you available after the game, and then telling us to make sure we were down there early so that we could talk to Jameis before he left. And and you know what? Um, he stood there and faced the media. I mean, Jameis has never been somebody that ducks, you know. Um, now, he started out rather rather scripted and had a talking point that he didn't get off of for a little while. Um, but, it, but at the end of the day, I, I credit him. But, it, you know, you can't, you can't make him into some sympathetic figure when a guy did this to him to himself. Um, as hard as it's going to be for him, it's going to be harder for his team. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. First coaches, and there are jobs all over Tampa Bay for the Buccaneers that are in jeopardy now for these next three weeks or what might or may not occur because of his his stupidity. And, um, you know, there, there's just no other way to say that. I mean, he is – he has put everybody in a vulnerable position. Um, so, anyway, without further ado, I wanted you to have a chance to listen uh, to Jameis Winston following the game about his three-game suspension. Jameis, what are your plans for the next three weeks? I'll work very hard and get ready for week four. What, what will you do even though you can't, talk, you can't have any contact with the team? Do they have some plans for you, workout plans and stuff they specifically want Yeah, I'm just going to be working really hard and getting ready for week four. What were your parting words to your teammates? I'm gonna be working my tail off to get back for week four. That's that's really all, man. You, you can't say anything. You know, it's a tough situation. So I, I'm just gonna be working my tail off to get back with. You're gonna stay in town, James? Yeah, I, you know we haven't really made a decision uh, about that yet, but probably. Coach like Cutter gave you an A for the preseason. How would you say the preseason went for you? Uh, I think it went well. Uh, we executed uh, very good, but we got to get better. So uh, it's just preseason. Uh, now now it counts. You built up so much momentum this preseason strong performance. How hard is that to go from, you know, being full steam ahead to having to, to stop? No, I'm not stopping. Uh, James, I know it would be hard enough to play, but how hard will it be to be physically away from your teammates? For that, that's the most challenging part, you know, but I believe these guys, we're going to go out there and execute. We're going to get some wins, and uh, I can't wait to get back. How did this team grow this preseason? Uh, <laughs> we were a different team. You know, we executed well. Defense looked amazing. The offensive line looked great. And our skill players, they did a great job. So uh, I'm looking forward to when, when we actually start playing real games. How important was it for you this whole preseason to, to you know, not just move the ball downfield, but to put points on the board like you did? Well, that's what we worked on all offseason. And uh, I'm happy that we were able to do that. So now it has to transition over to the real season. How confident that you'll be the starter before? Uh, I'm just going to work my tail off. You know, who, who knows how uh, things will go. Uh, hopefully they go great. You know, I know it's going to be a, a tough situation for our coaches, but I just, just want to get back with my team. That's, I, that's out of my control. I just got to get back and, and work hard and make sure I'm ready for week four. Talk about the support you've gotten, James. Talk about the support you've gotten since, uh, since Man, the Man, I'm, 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 very, I'm very appreciative that I had support from, you know, the, the top with the owners on down to my teammates, you know. Uh, so it's, 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 it's going to be a tough time for me, but I'm going to get over it. You know, week four, I'm going to be back. Uh, happy and uh, be back in that facility, and it's going to be awesome. You were still the most popular guy out at training camp among the fans. What did it mean to have their support? Yeah, like, like I said, I love this community. Uh, since I've been here, it's been my goal and my mission to work hard for this community, uh, you know, on and off the field. I know I've done that, so I, I appreciate their support. Uh, like I said, I'm just, I'm just ready to get back, man. I'm ready to get out there and work hard because I'm not stopping. Uh, there's, there's no way in the world I'm going to stop. I'm going to continue to work hard and, and get ready for week four. James, can you talk, Come about, more, please? Can you talk about adding the glove to your left hand this season and how that went for the preseason for you? I mean, it just it just was a new addition. Uh, I'm, I'm happy that it worked out. Who who knows if I'm going to 
uh, take it on to the real season or not. Jamis, this will be your first uh, regular season as a dad. How will that change? How oh, it, 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 it's awesome. You know, uh, just the perspective of being a, a father is really uh, indescribable. Uh, I enjoy every moment. I cherish every moment with my son. And, and that's something that I'm going to enjoy uh, during this time that I'm going to build away from my team and spending time with my family, uh, growing with my son and my fiance, and uh, getting prepared for week four. Uh, yeah, I, I, I will. I will have some. Finally, let me go back to uh, Noah Spence for a second. You know, there are tells in the NFL and the National Football League, and one of the tells is the final preseason game. Now, you know, preferably, of course, if anybody's even remotely hurt, they don't play, whether they're going to make the team or not. I mean, you don't want to put a guy out there that's hurt and gets hurt more, and you end, you end up having put him on IR, and he gets paid for the year. Um, and you certainly – you know, you don't want to play somebody who's going to be valuable to you during the season. So most starters, with the exception of rookies, because, I mean, like, you know, Justin Watson's still fighting for a spot, and, you know, I'm pretty I'm Well, they pretty need all the Jordan, snaps they can get. They need the experience. Yeah, they need the experience. And so, you know, Jordan Whitehead's going to be on this team. But if you lost Jordan Whitehead, you, you'd be okay. You know what I mean? Like, you need him, and he might play a lot of football, but he needs the experience, so the risk and the reward. But a guy like Noah Spence, I mean – Noah Spence was like one of the greatest high school players ever. You know, he was like one of these, you know, top one or two players of his class. Um, goes to Ohio State, gets kicked out of there, ends up at, I think, like Eastern Kentucky or someplace. Um, but he's drafted in the second round. He's a he was a first-round talent. I'm here to tell you, had he not had the trouble, the off-field problems, because he was, he was a guy that liked to party a lot and did various things and got busted for it. Um, but had he not had that happen, he probably would have snuck into the second, first round somewhere. So, you know, he starts his career, and he gets. He, I think he had five sacks as a rookie or something like that, but he, his shoulder gets popped out, and he plays with a harness. I mean, he's out there one-armed, you know, trying to do the best he can. And then last year was just cruel because right off the bat, thing gets hurt, uh, he can't come back, and so he misses, you know, a whole season on injured reserve. Um, and then, you know, this year he's worked really hard. I mean, he had lost a lot of weight. He put a lot of weight back on. It was good weight. He wasn't fat. Um, they thought that this next last surgery they did really, you know, sort of anchored his shoulder to where it's not going to pop out anymore. And, and so far, at least, you know, he hasn't had uh, that problem. But he's on the bubble and then some because – you just don't play in this game. And he played, and, you know, I guess he wanted to play. Like, they pretty much told Cutter, or Cutter told him, like, you know, just just go for it. Because they had they had decided in their minds that with all the new additions they had, Noah Spence was a designated pass rusher. They're going to use him on third down. They're going to, you know, move JPP inside or somebody inside, put him in rotation. But that was going to be his role. You know, DPR, uh, designated pass rusher, DPR. And – and yet, um, he really wasn't doing much. And so, you know, on Thursday, he just they just left him out there. And he did okay. I mean, he didn't get any, he didn't get any real pressures. He didn't get a sack. But the more impressive thing was he, he held up on the run. And that's, that's what he hadn't been doing. And yet, I got every signal that you can send that Noah Spence is in trouble. I mean, Will Clark, who was a veteran that joined the team late last year, I think he had two or three sacks. He did not dress. So if you're watching, you know, Will Clark over there with the rest of the varsity, 
and you find yourself playing the entire second half, that's tough. But as I talked to Spence tonight or last night or whatever morning, I guess yesterday morning or last night, whatever it was, um, when I talked to him, he said, look, he goes, I'm like one of the youngest guys on this team. And he goes, and in my locker, in my meeting room, with those defensive linemen, I am the youngest, you know? And, you know, so, you know, other than Vita Vey or somebody like that, but so basically what he was saying, he's like, I need to play football. You know, I have not played a lot of football. And he was happy to be out there. He, he felt good having a whole half to be able to play. Um, so we're going to find out those cuts are going to be pretty interesting. I don't think they're going to be as, as hard maybe as some people suspect. Um, but Noah Spence is a name that we'll be looking to see if uh, if either he is cut or, you know, at that position in his pedigree, maybe they can get something for him. And there was some mm-hmm. thought that he played so that he could get showcased. Well, I, uh, either get showcased or it allows him to audition for other teams if he gets cut. That's it. I mean, yeah. you know, if nothing else, you know, good on him for realizing, hey, I need to play and – whether it's yeah. to try to make this team or you're convinced you're already gone, but you're trying to put, yep. you know, current tape out for other teams, then, you know, good on him for realizing that and, and good on the Bucks for playing him so that he could do that if they're going to cut him. Yeah, so it's a win-win there for somebody, but uh, we'll see what happens to, uh, to Noah Spence. Okay, so you mentioned that uh, the Atlanta Braves and Cubs were at it in Atlanta, and, of course, that's the series that uh, the Rays just completed when they split with the Braves. Uh, but Mark Topkin, ever the enterprising reporter, stayed behind. And he had an interview with former Rays pitching coach Jim Hickey. And, boy, uh, you know, I was under the impression, Stephen, I mean, maybe he covered this in the story or not, but that one of the reasons why Hickey was sort of ready to go, of course he had a chance to join Madden. That would be probably reason number one. But one of them seemed to be like the Rays had voiced this pitching philosophy of, you know, maybe having openers or – uh, one one day where they don't use all starters and guys go a couple innings and such. Um, but regardless, Hickey moved on to the Cubs. And what did he have to say about the race season? Well, first of all, you, you asked about, how, you know, how he left it last year. Um, it was a mutual decision. Um, he knew Kyle Snyder was ready to move up and would be very successful. He knew the kind of the plan going forward, and they talked kind of about this opener and doing stuff differently with the pitching staff thought it was probably a good time to move along too and so it was a mutual decision and knowing Kyle Snyder was there knowing you know Kevin Cash and and what they what the plan was from the Rays brass and you know the ability to go join Joe Madden and go home I mean Jim Hickey's from that area too don't forget so um you know it was a mutual decision he said but he says he all good reasons absolutely said he roots for the Rays um thinks it couldn't have worked out better for both parties and he says outside the 08 season this may be the the most impressive race season ever. Wow, really? That is something. And you know, and he also said, you know, with the openers, he says, "Look, give me five guys that can flirt with 200 innings over two guys and three openers any time." But the Rays, you know, with all the injuries they've had and everything they ha- they kind of had to do this. And, you know, they wanted to do it a little bit, but not probably not as much as they're doing it. They had to. Yeah. He thinks it's kind of intriguing. Um, would be kind of fun, he said, in a way to kind of coach it. If you got the right pieces and the right personnel, he said it would be kind of fun. He doesn't but think he it's going to s- catch on everywhere. Yeah, but based that on was based on you know who the Rays have and that, you know, he thought you know it's it's actually been you know very impressive. And you know, I, I get what he's saying. I mean, if you if you've got you know 
four starters that can give you 200 innings, sure, then that, that's where you're going to yeah, go. If you've got and the, the Astros are, staff, of course. Yeah, I mean, they're not, they're not throwing in openers for and letting Blake Snell come in in the third inning, right? I mean, Blake Snell's yes. taking the ball. Yeah, he, he, will, team, he is going out there team. every five days and taking it from the first pitch. Yeah. So if you got more guys like that, then you're going to keep handing them the ball. However, there's a lot of baseball teams that don't have that. Mm-hmm. A lot. Yep. A whole lot. You know, I mean, for for every Astros staff, you know, there's the race, and 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 there's many teams, small market teams, can't afford twenty five million dollar pitchers up and down the rotation. So, I think I believe that this is going to catch on. I think that you're going to see it, and, and and for that matter, I mean, we're kind of the funny thing is about you know if you look at like what the Yankees in particular. I mean, they they would have starters go as deep as you want them to, but they turned everything into a five-inning game. You know what I mean? A four-inning mm-hmm. game, a five-inning game, and in the playoffs especially. But if you look at, you know, guy comes in in the sixth and he's throwing 97, guy comes in in the seventh, he's throwing 99, guy comes in the eighth, you know, by the time you get to Chapman, he's at 100. So I people are kind of doing it now in a sense, especially in the postseason. Look, I, th- I think you're going to see this more next year from teams, but – so as, we, as we talked about earlier this week, you have to have the right players in the buy-in too. And the Rays just, are in a unique position where almost every pitcher on their staff is only is only in their first or second year in the big leagues. That's so. The true. exception of Sergio Romo and Chaz Rowe and, and and Blake Snell, every one of their pitchers is just happy to be here right now. And yeah. what do you need me to do? You tell me when I'm pitching, and I'm in because it's better here than Durham. And, you, got that right. you know, a lot of other teams aren't going to have that luxury to have that many young pitchers ready to do this now. But seeing the race success, mm-hmm. it doesn't mean more older players may not start buying into it some, too, where, you know, I don't see your I don't think you're going to see teams next year be doing this, you know, two or three starters and, you know, two days or two or three days of openers. I think you, you might see them every fifth day have an opener or, you know, periodically giving a spell to somebody. I, you know, or you know, when an injury comes up, doing it. I don't think you're going to see it quite to the level the Braves have, or the the Rays have done it this year. But it's intriguing for teams, I think, especially the smaller market teams that don't have the Astros loaded rotation or the Red Sox loaded rotation. Uh, you know, if you're if you're the Royals, or you know, name name the the team that's struggling, the Orioles, the Twins, the Twins. Yeah, sure, I mean, I mean you know. Is it worth looking at and, and doing? Absolutely. Oh yeah. You got to have the right. You know, do you have a guy that you think can start? And most teams are going to have those big arms. You know, that's pretty much where it's a power game anyway. So you've got bullpen arms in the minors. Sure, sure. So I, I think it's intriguing. I mean, you know, Jim Hickey, you know, him saying it would be kind of fun to coach it. You know, but you know, I don't, I don't think he believes it's the long term success. Or, but you know, for an organization like the Rays with baseball's financial constraints. I, the more I the more I see it, the more I think about this, the more convinced it's a good thing for the race as far as, you know, winning in the future. No, I, I would agree. And if they can keep all those guys happy, like you said, that's that's gonna be the key. But uh look, the fact that Jim Hickey would say that only the two thousand and eight World Series season would, would in his mind be better was more impressive. Um, yeah. They that's... more impressive. I mean they they made the playoffs four out of six years. Mm-hmm. Um, now they didn't go deep, obviously, but they did make them. And so, you know, he's he's saying what they've done this year is more impressive. And, and I, I tend to agree with him just because, you know, we thought for all the world going back to, you know, the winter or whatever when Longoria was traded, 
that this was a sell-off, this was a tank job, this was all those things, and here they are, you know, eight or nine games over 500. Mm-hmm. So it's been pretty impressive for sure. And, and Seattle uh, beat Oakland on for Thursday night, so the Rays are now eight games out of the wild card. Hey, I'm telling you, it's not impossible, man. It's, it's not. not impossible. And the rich get richer as the Yankees traded for Andrew McCutcheon on Thursday. Did they really? They got him from the Giants, yep. <laughs> wow. He went from Pittsburgh to the Giants to the Yankees? Yep. Where are they going to play him? Well, right now Aaron Judge is out, so you've got outfield holes. And no, that's true. And yeah. he was supposed to be back already and hasn't even started swinging yet. So, Wow. Yeah, well, Good that's... problem to have, though. Where are you going to play him? Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> You're going to play him somewhere. You can DH him, I guess. That's a good guy to have. I mean, mm-hmm. you're right, though. I mean, but, you know, the Yankees are looking at a wild card, so they could be oh, one. Well, yeah, they're, they're the number one wild card right now. And still, yeah, look, you know, with the Rays sweep of the Red Sox, the division title is within reach for the Yankees. It's still a stretch. They're six or seven games out, but. A lot better than ten and a half where they were. Yeah, I mean, it's it's, you know, you're telling me there's a chance. There definitely is. Well, we know with the Red Sox game, you know, the 162. The whole yeah, they deal. blew a nine-game lead in September. So so we got a great weekend of sports. Of course, the Bucks are going to have their cuts over the weekend, 4 o'clock on Saturday. They'll be down to 53. There'll be some roster additions, uh, I'm sure, after that. But we'll talk about all of that on Monday. College football, they're coming to your city, man. It's uh, college game day, finally. Some great college Games on hand. UCF, UCF. open their national title defense, 1-0 with a 56-17 victory over UConn. Wow. They just And on the road, too. Big road win. 14 straight against, for the Knights. Against the always tough Huskies in uh, in Connecticut. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so, well, good for them. 14 in a row. You can't, you can't knock that. Uh, and then the Rays begin a series in Cleveland against the Indians. We'll see if they can push it up. Maybe as far as 10 games over 500, wouldn't that be something if they could do that and uh, continue to, to gain some ground on the Oakland A's, I guess, who, uh, who lost a game the other night. So they're eight games behind in the second wild card at this point. That's correct. He's saying there's a chance, man. There it's is. It's not over. Definitely not over. So I think they're only seven anyway. games back in the loss column. So, Well, there you go. I mean, this thing, I can, I can feel it coming, baby. This is going to be the greatest uh, playoff playoff march you've ever seen since game 162 anyway we're glad that you guys joined us uh and we love your feedback as always your interaction is welcome you can do that by reaching us on twitter at sportsdaytv you can reach me on twitter at nfl stroud or email me at rstroud at tampabay.com as always rate and review this podcast for us please anywhere you do that anywhere you get your podcast apple podcast google play stitcher tune in soundcloud if you leave comments or rate and review the podcast, that really helps us a lot. Or better yet, share it with a friend. Let them know we're here. We really appreciate it. And make sure you go see my friend Annie at Continental Wholesale Diamonds. $2,000, folks. You not only get the diamonds that you're going to love, but you also get a free five-day, four-night cruise for two on your cruise line of your choice to the Caribbean, to the islands of your choice. You cannot beat this deal. Go see my friend Annie. Tell him that Rick and Steve from Sports Day, Tampa Bay sent you. For Steve Erstink, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great weekend, everybody.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.